Welcome to the San Diego News Fix, The Backstory. I'm Christy Totten. Every week, we're giving you a behind-the-scenes look at our industry and giving you an insight into how decisions in our newsroom are made. This week, we're talking about the editorial board's 2022 primary election coverage, which includes candidate Q&As and city council candidate forums. The election is June 7th, and ballots will be delivered starting May 9th. So far, we've hosted forums with San Diego City Council candidates in districts 2, 4, 6, and 8. They've taken place at libraries in their districts, and they're also live-streamed on Facebook, where you can watch them later at facebook.com slash sdutopinion. Wednesday, May 11th, is our final forum interviewing candidates for Chula Vista Mayor. The event is from 6 to 7.30 at the Chula Vista Civic Center Library, or you can also watch it on Facebook during or after the event. Again, that's facebook.com slash S-D-U-T opinion. You can find all of our 2022 primary election guides at San Diego Union Tribune.com slash 2022 primary guide. Today, we're joined by managing editor Laura Sicalo, as well as editorial and opinion director Matthew T. Hall. Laura, take it away. Thank you, Christy. And welcome, Matt. Uh, Great to be here. Thank you for being here. I know you had a late night with a candidate forum last night, so uh, we truly appreciate you being here to to talk about this. I thought maybe you could just start by giving a bit of an overview of what this project is, the genesis of it, what it entails, uh, and kind of how your group has approached it. Yeah, yeah, this is always... Uh, you know, I always joke that this is our Oscars or our Super Bowl. Uh, I also say that I'm looking forward to June 8th, maybe more than anyone on the in San Diego County. Um, but I joke, I, this is super important work, right? Like, you know, um, as we're seeing this week with the Roe v. Wade ruling, um, you know, elections have consequences and people need to um, get up to speed and and actually vote. And those two things aren't easy to do. Um, there's a lot of, you know, we're in a, we're still in a pandemic. We're in year three of a pandemic and, and we all have busy lives and there are a ton of um, campaigns going on and races that are going to show up on our June 7th ballots. And the way that California has, you know, and the nation have kind of smartly changed voting, people will get their ballots in the mail on Monday, on um, May 9th, I think it is. So, you know, people are going to have to vote soon. They're going to have to vote in races they may not be able to speed on. And this is something that since I took over the uh, opinion section six years ago, I've taken very seriously, right? So my, my um, change, the first cycle that we did was we interviewed everyone in person and we put out tra um, transcripts of all our interviews because we want to be transparent. We want people to see kind of not only uh, the candidates, but the board in action so they can see whether the answers are addressing our questions, whether our questions are leading, you know, whether it's a fair um, and kind of a thorough conversation. So that was year one. Year two was like, here's the transcripts and here's the audio. And then we were in the Zoom world, the pandemic was like, well, here's your Zoom video. You can watch the whole thing. Uh, and this year, you know, uh, we, we pivoted again and we're doing Q and A's email Q&As, which we can talk about whether that's ideal or not, but we're doing email Q&As um, with almost all of the candidates at the congressional level, at the state constitutional office level, at the county level, at the local level. And for the first time ever, this year's um, kind of really cool invention is we're doing these 
candidate forums. We're doing one candidate forum in each of the four city council districts, which was important to us to do them in the districts, right? And then we're also doing a forum for the Chula Vista mayor's race. And we're really looking forward to that one, you know, and um, it would be great if we could do more of those, but the reality is those are pretty big logistical undertakings. So five is a lot of work for us, but it's work that we take on gladly and realize that it comes, you know, as, as, as I think it was, this is from the Spider-Man movies with, with great power comes great responsibility. And we take that seriously too. Yeah, no, that's, I, I guess I'm, I'm curious both about the practical and the philosophical. So maybe the practical first, what's the process by which you determine the questions that you're going to ask? As you mentioned, you've got a whole range, everything from school board to congressional races. That's a lot of research because these questions are targeted to those races. Yeah. How, how do you just go about that in your group, choosing the questions? Um, and de determining, you mentioned, you know, making sure your questions aren't leading, determining among yourselves how you want to frame those issues that you really want the candidates to address. Yeah, that's a super good question. And Christy, you can jump in on this. Too. Well, if I could just add to that, I mean, we, how do we choose candidates? You know, we have a threshold. There are certain candidates we choose not to interview. You know, it's not just everybody who qualifies. So if you want to speak to that as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, we take that super seriously. And so, you know, we, we try to stay up to speed on a lot of issues around the county. And, and um, um, so we're somewhat grounded in that. But then we also talk to folks and read the Union Tribune and, and other outlets. And ultimately, what I'm most proud about is that, you know, this isn't um, a dictatorial list of questions that I come up with on my own. This is really an editorial board effort. And so, you know, we have the largest editorial board the Union Tribune has had in a super long time. It's a really diverse group. It's, you know, half women, um, three journalists of color. And so we try to approach these questions and the community through a, a pretty varied lens. And so when we sit down, we try to think of what are the big issues in the communities, right? Like it's not, we're doing this for two reasons. One is of course, we're gonna make endorsements. And so the answers will influence kind of maybe who we decide to recommend to voters, but we're really doing it as a public service, right? Because as I said, timing is, you know, people are schedules are busy. They, they need to do the homework. It's a ton of work. And so for us, it's super important to try to figure out what questions to ask, right? And so when we drill down, we, we approach it from every view you could, right? We start with a long list. We have long discussions. Christy could tell you, you know, how much time we do spend on making sure the questions are framed fairly. We don't want those questions to be leading. We want them to be short, especially when we're being in person because these forums are 60 minutes and they're not here to, to listen to me bloviate, they wanna hear the candidates answers. So we try to keep the questions short, uh, focused and um, specific so that they will kind of um, solicit differences in opinions so that then the, 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 the observer or the voter can make those difficult choices on who to vote for. But also importantly, and this is why I wanted to be in person at these forums, we wanna hear what the community has to say, right? So we, at every forum we've done, on every chair, there are note cards and pens where people can write any question they want. And, you know, someone will go through, take all the cards, hand them to the moderator, which has been uh, myself or Laura Castaneda, um, one of our deputy editorial and opinion editors. 
And then, you know, the job of the moderator, of course, is to look at those questions that come in. There's obviously more questions that come in that we can answer. So we'll answer some of the specific ones and some of the uh, broader ones will lump into one question. But just one brief point I want to make is that those questions are awesome. Like last night, someone asked, like, how would you use technology as a council member, which is kind of an open-ended question that some people might think, oh, well, that's, what are they going to say? But the answers were really interesting, you know what I mean? And how people would use it as a communication tool, as a community service. One person criticized the current council member saying they don't answer the phones. Phones is still a technology that people use. So I'll use those. So the questions are important because that's how you get answers that um, are precise and direct. Uh, and, you know, you can compare the candidates. Uh, I just want to add to that. I think we're halfway through the forums. Everybody can watch them on Facebook Live where we're streaming them, um, but also they're, they're there for anybody to go and see. But one thing that's like really struck me about these forums is that at the end, all of the attendees help stack the chairs. So it doesn't matter what part. No, like really, this is incredible to me. You know, it doesn't matter what party you are or what candidate you may have shown up for or what your gripe is. We have plenty of those. But I mean, it, it really truly is a community event where people are coming together, you know, interfacing with their neighbors. Um, and, and that to me has just been uh, really striking. That's, that's an awesome point. And that's yeah. also, and I'll just make this point briefly, both the candidates and the community members have come to me afterwards and say, thank you for just being here. Right. Because they don't have a lot. Like, A, we're in the pandemic, so it's weird to kind of try to figure out whether people should be in public or not. But just the fact that there aren't very many of these forums, that, again, with great power comes great responsibility. We need to be doing this. It's important work. And it's, so it's awesome that they're helping us not just stack chairs, but, but <laughs> showing up in the first place. Yeah, well, and I think both of those anecdotes kind of speak to the tone that's obviously being set at the, at the forums. Your, your point about the questions, <clears throat> I guess this kind of takes us to the philosophical, the, the distinction and the, the difference between doing the candidate Q&As that are running and participating in these forums. The candidate Q&As, you're sending people questions for them to answer. There's obviously not a mechanism for follow-up or drilling down or challenging something that may not seem quite on point. What are the advantages or disadvantages that you've found with those two approaches? Yeah, uh, great question. And I would say that there is, that the, the beauty of the email Q&A is that there actually is a mechanism. We're not gonna publish something that's inaccurate, something that the candidate can't prove. So we asked them to send us a link. They can't prove it, we'll tell them to cut that. You know what I mean? Um, and so that, that's actually a pretty involved process. And so that adds to the logistical difficulties of this. It's not, here's your email, here's your answer, here it is in the newspaper. It doesn't work that way. There's checks and balances and, and we have four editors looking at it and then others who are looking at it online. So there's plenty of opportunity for us to um, make sure the candidates are being factual, but they're also being opinionated. So when we pick those questions, you know, the problem with, email Q&A, as you say, is, you know, let's be real. Some of these candidates have teams, so they're not sitting there, you know, with a, with a, with a, a, a pen or a, a laptop writing these answers up themselves, maybe. But to me, it's like, you know, when you pick someone to govern, so that's an argument against doing it. But to me, the counter argument to that is when you pick someone to govern, ultimately it's their decision, but, you know, who they hire, who they surround themselves with, 
you're not electing one person to make unilateral decisions, whether that's for the president of the United States or the city council or the mayor. So, you know, um, to me, the argument that, well, it's not their exact thoughts and writing doesn't really carry a lot of weight. They're putting their name behind it and, and they're putting it out there and you can still make a judgment on them. Um, and it's interesting, we limit them to 250 words and that's complex too. It's no different than being in a community forum, limiting it, an answer to 60 seconds. Like you get to tell me about homelessness in 60 seconds, like no wonder it's not getting solved because reporters are asking people to explain it and think their thought process through in 60 seconds. Like, um, so there's drawbacks to anything, you know, but it's all directly com comparable. So every candidate has the same number of words or same number of uh, seconds. And I think that to me is the, the guiding points are, are fairness and um, kind of directness. We're not just saying, how would you solve homeless? How specifically, what programs are working? What's not working that the city is doing? So there's really an art to the question. And how, how have you found the participation? I know that there are some candidates who have chosen not to participate. Yeah. Um, overall, are you pleased with the participation? Are you pleased with how people have responded to your uh, yeah. invitations? Yeah, very few people have said no, but some people have said no. And, and to me, that just shows you whether they're a serious candidate or not. It's like, we're not charging, we're not giving them an ad rate. We're saying at no cost to you, you can do what you committed to do when you told the registrar of voters that you were gonna mount a campaign um, and you can connect to the to the voters and, and reach an audience. So. If people say no for whatever reason, I guess one time we got a person who said, I'm on vacation in Hawaii. And I was a little more understanding of that. But even that person sent us the Q&A, right? If you're serious, you're serious. So um, the participation has been great. And like Christy was saying, and maybe you want to talk about this too, that at the forums, the rooms are filled. So it's not just the candidates who are participating, it's members of the public who are, are showing up too. Right. That was going to be my next question is, how has the community responded? Uh, and Aside from the people thanking you, what is some of the feedback you've gotten from the community? Yeah, well, to you, I'm glad that you're zeroing on the questions because some of the feedback that I've gotten is people have appreciated our questions, not only the subjects, but their, um, you know, how kind of concise they are. Like I was saying, they're not here to, to, to have some big windup of a question and preface by five minutes of how I think about it. So we just try to ask a question that's really direct and really concise. And that's resonated with the audience. I think there's some frustrations that we can't answer all the questions. You know, like last night, I probably got twice as many questions from the audience as we could answer. So one of the complexities there is of any moderators trying to roll some of those up into a single question. We got a lot of questions about like specific development projects, for example, in district six. And I formulated a kind of a broader question about housing affordability and construction. That's always tricky. And I feel, you know, hey, uh, I'm so appreciative that the audience is there. And B, I feel a little sad that we can't ask all their questions. But I was like, look, if these candidates are serious, then they'll stick around after we get kicked out of the library and you can have talk to them one on one. And so, you know, some of the candidates have done that, too. Um, well, during election season, I mean, we do two things, right? We we do these voter guides, essentially, where we're letting people answer Q&As. We're doing these forums in person, but we're also doing endorsements. And so I was wondering if you could talk about that. You know, why do we endorse and what is the value of it? Yeah, that's a great and difficult question. The, re the, the reality is endorsements at a national level, let's be real, they don't mean a lot to a lot of people. Sometimes they do, but if you look at the last, you know, the, the, um, the 
Clinton Trump campaign, a lot of newspapers endorsed Hillary Clinton, a very few endorsed Donald Trump and Donald Trump won. So I look at endorsements for two things. One is they're not prescriptive. I, I don't look at it as, you know, and you may disagree, Christy, being on the editorial board, but like, I'm not saying here's how you definitely have to vote or the world's gonna end. We're saying, look, we interviewed, we know these issues kind of as well as anyone, or we have the experts on speed dial. And we've talked to these people, we've gone to great lengths to try to understand the complex issues that they're talking about. And we ask them basically, have you done the job? Can you do the job? Will you do the job? Like to me, those are the three main questions that we try to get answered, generally speaking. And then we say, you know, based on that, here's what's in their background that leads us to think they'll be a good candidate. And I think there's a value to that. We get criticism all the time from people who say, why do it? Especially in this divided age, we're literally alienating half of our readership anytime we make an endorsement, right? Because some of these races are, are um, in closely divided areas. But, but that said, I think there's a public value to throwing these out there because it's another tool that voters can use to get up to speed with the reporting that's done in, the new, in our newsroom and others with the Q and A's themselves and with our kind of feedback. But then the other point I wanna make is, um, it, I think there's a, a big value to say, saying what the institution's values are, right? That's probably not a good sentence because I use the word value in two different ways, but that, that, that's important because in many ways, you know, the newsroom is like the brains of the operation and we're kind of like the heart and the soul of the operation. So we're like, it's a judgment call. We're saying, this is what our institutional values are. And this is why you as a community should care. And then the community can call us out on it. And they say, no, you're wrong on this. And that's what I mean, our, our opinions aren't prescriptive. I look at this as part of a continuum. We're having a conversation and we're saying, here's what we think. What do you think? And yeah. we'll publish people's letters to the editor too, right? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the great privileges of this job is like having a front row seat to decision makers, to leaders, you know, how many people get to sit in a room with every single candidate that's going to run for office and the winner, you know, and, and like you said, having people on speed dial, uh, I mean, like how many people have gone to city council meetings or cared to actually, you know, call their local politicians? Well, we've all done it. Um, and I think that that's the value of the editorials, but I also think it was the value of uh, coming to these forums, you know, like this is your chance to talk to these candidates in person before you make your decision. Yeah. And that's an important point to your decision. One of the things I emphasized last night is that this is a job interview. These guys work for us. Like they're doing the work. Those are candidates doing the work, but you're the one who makes the decision. And you need to remember that they ultimately work for us. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great point. Well, I know you're really looking forward to June 8th. <laughs> But I am going to ask you what your group's plans are for the fall. Are you planning to do the same kind of thing? Are you expanding it? What what can people look forward to for the yeah. fall election? That's a good question. And um, the, I think the honest answer is TBD. But I also think that the forums, I love the forums. First of all, like, you know, I, like I said, the pandemic is still ongoing. But you know, um, some people are ready to get out in, in public and we're seeing the appetite and the excitement in the room. So I can see us doing more. In a sense, the general election is easier because there's only two candidates in every race. Um, and so it will become more important. Like right now we're kind of, you know, we're in a funnel and we're winning, winnowing down the, the candidates. But all, in November, that's when the rubber hits the road. And that's when I think, you know, um, 
those will be, I'm looking to November 9th as well. That's, is it, <laughs> that's the day after the November election. Um, but that's an important one. And I, I hope, I don't know, Christy, what do you think? Should we do more of these forums? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, again, it's just a front row seat to the candidates. You know, it's not really an opportunity that you typically get beyond reading a candidate statement in a, you know, in a sample ballot. Um, this is a chance to like come out, uh, meet the people who might be representing you in the future and, and ask questions about the issues you care about. Yeah. 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 So I'd urge everyone listening to come to any forums that they can, whether they're ours or like the League of Women Voters mm -hmm. has done some. They're on YouTube. You know, obviously I'm partial. I think our forums are entertaining and informative, but you know, that's part of the research process is the voter needs to decide how to get up to speed and then do the work. And it is work. It's hard to, to, to learn a lot about these complex subjects and the number of candidates. Well, and I would, I would commend to people's readings, the, the Q and A's that are on the website and have, have run in the paper. And it's really, really important work that you're doing and, and doing well. So congratulations and thank you. I appreciate that. I will turn it back to you, Christy. Thank you, Laura and Matt, for joining me on the Backstory edition of the San Diego News Fix. And thank you for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs>